You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. struggling with suicidal thoughts or depression or anxiety and I I just want you in this moment if that's you I just want you to kind of get in receive mode right now because I believe there's freedom available right now yeah Jesus's love is here and freedom is available (laughs) so Jesus we just thank you for your love God we thank you that you're for us thank you that you sent your son to die so that we could be free. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to struggle with these thoughts. We don't have to struggle with these lies from the enemy that's trying to take us out. It's not true. I just want you to know right now that your life is valuable. You are loved by the God of the universe. And he doesn't just want you to know it with a head knowledge. He wants you to experience it right now in this moment. So in this moment, would you open your heart open to him because he's trustworthy? He's trustworthy and he's good. I don't know what you've been told or what your what life has made you feel like he is, but he's good. He's love. He's safe. You're safe with him. He's not disappointed in you. You haven't let him down. He's not love isn't that easily moved. by our mistakes. Thank you, Jesus. Just command all spirit of suicide to be broken off right now in Jesus' name. All lies from the enemy leave right now. We silence the accuser's voice right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, God. Thank you for your love resting upon us right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your joy, that your joy is our strength. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Can we do something? Can we just put our hands on our hearts? And can we just say, I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm loved. He's for me. He's for me. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I'm loved and he's for me. (laughs) Doesn't that make you happy?
feel it when we feel that peace, that tangible peace. It's not just tranquility. It's not just a good feeling. It's actually the peace that comes from God is shalom. It means wholeness, wholeness, mind, body, soul, and spirit. (laughs) That's the peace that Jesus carries. And that's the peace that's available to each one of us to live from. The peace, the shalom, the wholeness of God. Isn't it good news? Wow. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, guys. If you want to go ahead and sit, I think we're going to transition here. I'm going to grab a tissue. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, worship team, for just leading us into an encounter with God. Wow. Isn't his presence so amazing? Isn't he so amazing? I never want to live one day without his presence, without him. Well, I'm Nikki, and um, if you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here at Revive, and I'm just so thankful to be here today to get to share with you guys and get to spend time with you, and I always say that I feel like whenever I get to come speak, I am just sitting like in my living room with a bunch of friends, just talking with some friends, you know, just getting to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus, and talk about him. I love to talk about him. And I love to talk about with him with my friends. I love, I'm a people person. I love people. <laughs> so it's it's like two of my favorite things that um, I love. So um, I'm honored to be here. Um, Tony is in Pakistan right now. Um, he left last week. He's going to be there till he's going to get back later this week. Um, there's incredible, he's been sending us testimonies every day. And the testimonies, the texts are like this long of um, just too many testimonies to even record. You know, I'm going to share some of them real quick because I just want to, and I'm sure that he's going to be able to share some when he comes back to, and I'm excited to hear all those, but I want to share with you. I'm just going to send you one, or I'm going to read one that, um, let's see here. I'm just going to read the one he sent yesterday, and this is just day four. I mean, this is just one day of testimonies that they could even remember. So, um, hey, everyone, this is from Tony. Hey, everyone, here's an update on day four. Gold dust appeared on my left hand as we were talking about marriage, as Matt asked a question. Now, golden print, gold print, appears on my Bible cover. (laughs) He's had gold dust, just another sign and a wonder. I don't understand it, but God just does things that he wants to do, and that's just a sign and a wonder, I guess. Gold appearing on his hand, and it's just not leaving. Um, Big meeting tonight. There was 3,000-plus people there. I got to speak and share my testimony in the gospel. 800 to 1,000 people were born again. 300 to 400 people stood to get free from schizophrenia and suicidal thoughts. About 75% of the place stood to get delivered from addiction. About 80% of the people stood for physical healing. And at least a few hundred waved their hands saying that they were completely 100% healed. Young lady about 25 years old got brought on the stage as I was getting ready to speak because she was manifesting a demon. She had been possessed for three years, and the demons would cause her to pass out randomly. 
um, for hours at a time. The demon spoke perfect English to me, but she did not speak English. He said, I'm coming to America. And Tony said, no, you're not. And then the demon said, I hate you, Jesus. I hate you, Jesus. I hate you, Jesus. I immediately got a word of knowledge that she needed to forgive her dad. And after releasing peace, shalom upon her, she um, was able to, or she was able to forgive and she fell out in the spirit and got up free. She gave her testimony later that night about how she has been tormented by this demon for three years and she's finally free. She gave her life to Jesus. Yeah, give him praise, right? Partial deafness healed multiple people. Partial blindness healed in multiple people. A lot of people with kidney pain healed. Headaches, back, shoulders, breast cancer tumor dissolved. Around seven people healed of stomach pains, pain in neck, migraine, kidney pain. Uh, ladies' vision, vision restored. Um, the four-year-old girl who doctor told her she has no hope of living because of her heart and lung failure. Um, uh, she could uh, breathe better. And she said she felt better. Got to pray with a woman who was a lesbian and admitted she was tormented by demons day and night. I got to look in her eyes and share the Father's heart with her. Um, she uh, felt free and said she was free, and she told us the demons were gone. Not sure how many people healed of pain. One guy who could barely talk, um, let's see, was healed. Uh, there were so many needs, and we prayed individually for a few hundred at least just that night. Honestly, he didn't even have time to check with some of the people to see um, how they were because it was just quickly paced, and then a lot of the people, obviously, they don't know. It, it, they have to check later. So, I mean, come on, Jesus, right? That's one night. That's one night. And I, I want to share what Sarah shared in the prayer room. We were sharing these testimonies in the prayer room too, and she said something that is so true is like, the God that is healing these people in Pakistan is the same God in America, our God. And so what he wants to do there, it's not just because it's a foreign country <laughs> that all these miracles are breaking out. God, he wants to do what he wants to do, what he does for one person, he wants to do for everyone. And so we just receive right now, Jesus, what you want to do for us. And, and what we need to be free in is ours. Thank you, God. So what, it's crazy today um just in worship um the songs we were you guys were leading and just what Naomi shared uh is just exactly what I felt like God wanted to share with me today talking about love and it's just so cool to see Holy Spirit we don't ever tell each other what we're talking about worship set anything it just it's so cool to see how Holy Spirit just is sharing with all of us and we're all kind of like in sync you know every single Sunday it's amazing it just blows my mind every time um, someone left their gum up here. <laughs> so what I felt like God shared with me this week, I heard him say so clearly, who you are is I'm for you, and you're loved by me. And it seems so simple. It might be simple to hear, you know, most Christians believe God loves them, but there's a difference between believing God loves me, knowing God loves me, and knowing he loves me, <laughs> right? There's a difference between knowing and knowing, right? And so I felt like Jesus was like, who you are is I'm for you. Wow. That's what being a son or daughter of God is. It's being loved by God. It's being known by him. 
And it's realizing he's for us. 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 Romans 8, 3. If God is for us, who can be against us? Right? I want to read the Passion Translation uh, version of that really quick because it's just so good. Um, Romans 8, 31. Get down here. For God has proved his love. Like Naomi was saying, he proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. What? How many of us need to believe the truth that God is not withholding anything from us? That's a lie that I've believed a lot in my life, have believed in the past, is that God is withholding something good from me. He's withholding something, but he doesn't, love can't withhold. Love can't back up, back off. It's love. It's radical. It doesn't make sense. Love can't not give radically and abundantly, right? If God is love, love in the purest form, love freely gives, enough so that he gave his life for us. It's pretty radical. Hmm. You know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. He proved his character was good at the cross. Because Jesus gave us his son because he loved. It was out of his love for us that he sent Jesus. So that's why we say the debate whether God is good or not was settled at the cross. He's good. He's good and he's love because he sent Jesus. Any other thought or feeling or misconception because of the experiencing I'm having in my life or my circumstances or my situations that says otherwise is, is false. Because if this is our highest form of truth, right, the word of God, we live by a higher truth, what this says, then everything else must bow to that, right? Every other truth is lesser than that. He's good. Isn't it good news? I mean, I'm glad I serve a good God. <laughs> I'm glad I don't serve a bad God that's not for me. Should get us happy. I'm going to read on. So John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not, this is verse 17, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. His intentions are for us to be whole. That's why he sent his son. Verse 18, he who believes in him, in Jesus, is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. That word name right there, it means authority and character. In the Greek. Part of believing that Jesus is the Son of God and came to make us whole is also believing that He's good. It's one and the same. Right? Wow. He proved He loved us and He's for us at the cross. You know, a lot of times in my life, or I think 
we measure who God is and his character by kind of like how our life is going. Or when really we should be measuring who he is by the cross. Right? I'll say that again because my kids are just too cute and they just grab our attention. A lot of times I think we measure who God is and his character by what we're going through, what we feel, what we're experiencing, our situations, what we're lacking in life, what we think we're lacking in life, right? But really, we should be measuring who God is by what he did on the cross for us, by the gospel. Does that make sense? When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we give up the right to view his character any other way than through the cross. And that he's good, and he loves us, and he's for us. I'm going to get to my personal story in a minute. But can you guys imagine what our lives would look like? I was starting to imagine, like, what would my life look like if I really fully believed this truth? If I really believed with all my heart, mind, and soul that he loves me and he's for me? Because like I said earlier, we all, it's the right thing to say, oh, yeah, God loves me. But it's one thing to, like, believe it as, like, a head knowledge and, like, really experience that he loves me and get it as a revelation. I believe there's grace. I believe that even believing, there's grace for even believing. God gives us grace for even to believe because it's, it's hard to comprehend and really even believe that, like Naomi's saying. And so there's grace to even believe. But can you imagine what our lives would look like if we fully believed it? I mean, I was thinking about this. I'm like, if I really believed fully that he was for me, I would never be afraid ever of anything. I would never, I would, I would be so fulfilled and complete in my life, I wouldn't need anything else. I wouldn't be waiting on the next thing to happen. The better thing that's going to make my life more complete or, or make me happier or whatever. Right? I wouldn't be in need of anything. I have him. I'm loved. How exciting is that? Full of joy. Nothing can move me. Nothing can shake me. I'm loved. He's for me. I mean... I want that, and I believe that we are, we are believing more and more every single day these truths, right? We're getting it. We're getting it. It's exciting. There's no condemnation if we're not. There's no arrival point, I don't believe. I think we're going to be experiencing his goodness for all of eternity, honestly. I don't actually, personally, I don't believe that when we get to heaven, we're just going to know everything about God, and we're going to know everything. Because that takes away the fun of discovering. Discovering who he is in the journey with him is the best part getting to discover who he is. And so there's no condemnation for that you feel like you haven't made it to like an arrival point. There is no arrival point. We're just all on a journey of discovering who God is. And it's fun, you know? And we're coming into who we already are. It's good. What? What's happening? (laughs) All right. So what I want to say, what I'm not saying is, our famous last words, what I'm not saying is that we, you know, we don't experience hard things or pain or go through things that God never intended us for us to go through. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the truth that we're loved and he's for us is higher than all that stuff. It just, it's, it's got power behind it. It's supernatural. It just, those things matter a lot less. I'm not saying they're not hard, because I don't want to come across as, like, not compassionate for people who are going through stuff, um, and I'm going to get to my story in a minute, but, um, but it, what I've come to find is they matter. They don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. What really matters is being loved by him, 
That's like when Sarah was saying up there, like, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. You know the movie Elf? He's like, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. And he's just like running around in his elf outfit all over New York City. And he's just like acting crazy because he's in love. Like that's what I imagine us. Just like full, full confidence in who we are. Like I don't care who knows that I'm in love. Nothing can move me. Nothing. I can't be afraid of anything, you know. Identity means, I, I don't think I'll ever stop speaking on identity. <laughs> I don't ever want to stop speaking on identity because it's just, it's so good. Like, when we know who we are, when we find out who we are, who Jesus says we are, then we can fully step into being who he created us to be, and we can be fulfilled in knowing him because our identity is just being loved by him because we are created for him to be loved by him and to love others. So identity never gets old. It never becomes an annoying reminder. You know? It's always like, whoa, I'm coming alive. This is who I am. Yeah? So identity means our, I looked up the definition of identity in the dictionary. It means our likeness, our nature, our likeness. So if Jesus is telling me, your identity is that you're loved by me and I'm for you. That's our nature is we're loved by God and he's for us. So any thought that opposes that is we're, we have to step outside of, our, of who we actually are to believe any other thing. Then he's for us and he loves us. You know, no matter what you've done, what you're going through, or what you're currently experiencing, the truth is you're loved. You're loved fiercely. By the God of the universe. And he's for you. He's really for you. Isn't that good news? I keep saying that because it is. I can't help it. Uh, so about six years ago, I'm going to give you guys an example, a testimony of like just going through a really tough time in my life and getting this revelation later on, a little bit then and, and more now looking back. Um, so Owen and I got married in 2008, and we, my whole life I wanted to be a mom. That's like what I desired. Like when people would say, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? As I was a little girl, I want to be a mom. Like that, I just, my biggest desire in life was to be a mom. I, I loved kids my whole life. I wanted my own kids. So when we got married, we we're like, let's start a family right away. Well, fast forward about seven years later, we still didn't have any kids. And we were just, we believed that God was good. We believed that he, he was healer, that he wanted to give us the desires of our heart. We had promises, prophetic words. We were praying into those things, believing for those things, holding on to those promises. And it, seven years later, nothing. And I, I literally came to a tipping point where I was just, I literally had like a mental breakdown. All I dwelled on, all I thought about, all I would think about was what was not happening in my life. And so I feel like because of that, um, I, I literally had a mental breakdown. I remember going into my... Um, um, what was I going to say? Sorry, I lost track. I remember going into my closet. We had a, a bathroom that was attached, like I had a walk-in closet attached to it. And I remember going into my 
closet and sitting on the ground and turn and locking the door and just sobbing. And I remember thinking of all the ways I could kill myself to stop the pain that I was experiencing because I felt like God was withholding this for me. And I, I remember sitting there just sobbing, saying, God, why? Why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? And he would just say, I love you. And I hated that answer at the time. I wanted an answer. I wanted him to explain himself to me and give me a reason why he was not making this promise happen, right? And he would just say, I love you. I love you. You know, he would never give the answer that I wanted. He would just state his position. And, um, you know, looking back now, at then, I, then I didn't really get it as much. I, I did believe he loved me, but like I said earlier, I believed, I believed enough to, what, to where I could see. Does that make sense? My faith was strong enough only for what I could see happening. It didn't really go beyond that. It wasn't unwavering even when I didn't see something happening. Does that make sense? And that's okay because it was just where I was in, in that point in my life. But looking back from where I am now, I realized that God was saying what he was doing was he was stating his position that he loved me and that that was the highest form of truth that I could believe in that moment even when I didn't understand that. I, really, I didn't need an answer. I thought I needed an answer, but I really didn't need an answer. I didn't need an answer to why it wasn't happening. I needed to believe I was loved and he was for me. And I had completely lost focus of what was most important. He wants to fulfill our promises. He wants to give us the desires of our heart. I believe that with all my being because it's in here. But when I don't see it happening... I get to believe anyways, and I get to trust him, and I get to believe he's for me, and he's good. And at the time, I just, I had lost track of him. He's the promise, guys. He's the real promise, and we have him. What more do we need? This is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he isn't going to come through, but he is, is going to come through more than we can imagine. It says that he wants to give us more than we can imagine, exceedingly abundantly, right? So if we really believe that, then we'll just trust him when we can't see when it doesn't make sense. Because we don't see the whole picture. He does. I couldn't see till now what, I, what God had for me, a double portion, twins. I couldn't see like all the amazing things I was going to go through in that journey, even though it was hard. I couldn't see I couldn't see Jesus. I had completely lost sight of him all. I was so focused on that one thing. If I didn't have that thing, I wasn't going to be okay. It was actually, I don't want to say it was a selfish desire because it was a desire of my heart, and I believe God placed that desire there. I believe that the desires of our heart that are good, God puts there, and he wants to fulfill them for us. But they don't really take the place of him because he's really the only thing that fulfills us and completes us. You know, I want to go to Philippians 4-7 because it says, let's see here. This is kind of a last minute thing. 
that God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus. The only answer we need is him. Doesn't mean he's not, he's not afraid of our questions. He's not afraid of, and sometimes he answers our questions. He's that good. But sometimes he doesn't, and I don't know why. But I do know that when I think that I deserve, and I ha- deserve the right to know everything, then I'm bringing the God of the universe down to my level. He's as big as me. Because he's, way, he's actually way bigger than my understanding can even comprehend my little human brain. So am I okay giving up the right to under, giving up the need to understand everything? You know, am I okay with that? That might be a hard thing to hear. I don't know. But like when I read Philippians 4, 7, then then God's wonderful peace that transcends, it passes our understanding, right? The God of peace, in order to have peace, we must be willing to let it go over our understanding. You guys okay? There's only one thing that can complete us. It's receiving his love. I think Dan Muller says, if our identity is from him, then it can only be found in him. You know, I've gotten the privilege to minister to a lot of people just in the short time that I've been pastoring here at Revive, and, you know, just, I've, it's an honor for me. I love to minister and love on people here. I love you guys, and I also love to go outside these walls, though, and I love the opportunities that we get to, to minister to the LGBT community, to minister to prisoners. We went to a women's prison one time. It was amazing. Um, Drug addicts, people who've made awful, awful choices and were currently making bad choices, some people who maybe some Christians would deem unworthy to receive God's love. I don't know. But (laughs) I've seen him love people radically, and it has changed me. It has marked me. You know, I've seen pagan high priests cry with the love of God. They experience God's love, and they cry. I've seen drug addicts just sobbing under the idea and the experience that God loves them and is for them. There is nothing in the world that can complete complete us like his love. You know, in those moments, ministering with those people, Jesus didn't say, answer all their questions that they have about life. This is how I want you to reveal my heart to them. Tell them they're sinning and they're going to hell and tell them all the things that they're doing wrong right now. Point it out. They need to know. He said, love them. Tell them I'm for them and I love them. He wanted me to show them who they really were, loved by him. The high, that truth is the only thing that will set us free. I I think it could be the highest truth there is, is that we're loved by him. 
All other truths kind of bow to that one. Jesus summed up the entire law of God with love, right? In Matthew 22, he said, love God, love your neighbor. Two commandments. And I like to read it as, let God love you so you can love him and love your neighbor. Because I believe we can only give out of the overflow of what we first receive. So we have to receive the love of God for ourselves, and then we can love ourselves and God and others. Only love is eternal. Only love remains. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, love never stops loving. I'm going to read that. Um, I can go quicker here. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 in the Passion. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Everything else is going to fade away, guys. People are going to fade. We're going to fade. Everything we have is going to fade. All the promises that we're contending for, if they're, like, you know, things, or even though they're good, Everything will fade except for love. The only lasting and valuable thing is relationship and love. And, and I want to talk a little bit about the way that we experience and receive his love is through relationship with him, through intimacy with him. We experience his nature, his character, through relationship with him. We can learn about who God is by reading the word, yes. Um, but reading about him is, is one thing. I like to read with him. Uh, reading about him is one thing. Uh, being with him is another. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the exact representation of who God is in Hebrews 1.3. It also tells us in Colossians one, that he's the portrait of the invisible God. So if we want to know who God is, we look to the life of Jesus. Je God looks like Jesus. And Jesus is, look what Jesus did. In the Bible, it says that the ultimate proof that someone is in love or that someone loves is that they laid on their life for another. And Jesus did that. The evidence of love is laying down your life for a friend, Right? And Jesus did that for us. So God looks like Jesus. And what do we see Jesus doing in the Bible? We see him healing all. Not some. All. We see him healing all. We see him bringing wholeness. We see him calming storms. We don't see him causing. I don't see him causing storms. I see him calming them. He's raising the dead. He's not causing premature death. I never saw that. He's, I mean, think about the life of Jesus. He's loving the least of these, not condemning them. Wow. Like I said, reading about someone is one thing, and I believe Obviously, I believe the word of God is everything. It's truth. I, I'm, I'm a word girl. I love the word so much. And if you didn't know, you're word people too. 
You were created to love reading the word. And I just bless you if that feels hard because I, I, a part of my Christian life, I felt like it was hard to read the word. I don't know. It was just obviously stuff that God was breaking off of me. But I've, I've really just come to fall in love with reading the word with Jesus. And it just comes alive to me. And so I believe for you, and I just bless you right now, if, that's, if that feels hard for you to do or you feel like you don't understand or you just don't know what you're reading or whatever, I just bless you right now that reading it with Holy Spirit, you're just going to start to come alive and start to love it. I really believe that. Um, but anyways, reading about who God is and his nature is one way that we find out who he is through reading about Jesus and through and through the word. But like I said, it's one thing to like know with head knowledge about someone, know facts about someone, and actually know them, right? I mean, my kids, they know me. They know where I am in the house when they can't see me. They find me. You know, I could be on the other side of the house sneaking away real quick, and they find me. It's like they know where mama is. I don't tell them where I'm going or anything. They know how to move me, move my heart to get their way, right? They know how to pull on my heartstrings. They know how I hold them and how I'm affectionate with them. They know my reaction and my response at any given situation when I'm frustrated. They know what mama does when they do one thing or the other, you know? They can imitate me. They, they do imitate us all the time. They say things and phrases, and we're like, where'd, we, where'd they get that? Probably one of us, you know? Um, they live with me. They know me. They see everything. <laughs> the good, bad, you know, everything. Someone who gets a glimpse of me once a week or interacts with me for five minutes, or sees me on social media, doesn't know me like that. You know what I mean? They know me. My, my, pe the, my people, my tribe, my inner circle, they know me. They know what I like, what I don't like, what I'm like and what I'm not like. They can do impressions of me because they're around me so much. They can do my facial expressions and imitate me. And, 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 and they see, they know my strengths. They know my weaknesses, my, they're there on my most terrible days and on my, in my highest moments, right? They know me. They know me like no one else knows me. And that's how it is with Jesus. I want you to know that we've all been invited into the inner circle of Jesus, of God. Isn't that good news? We've all been invited in to have intimate relationship and know him really know him and for him to really know us to invite him into all the places of our heart all the fears all the feelings of inadequacy we get to he's there he gets to be there and he sees it all and he's not moved you know what his stance is anyways i'm for you and i love you for you and i love you isn't that amazing intimacy we like to describe it as into me you see I'm letting you into all the places. You have access to the not-so-great-looking places, right? It can be scary if people in our life have taken advantage of that. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus, God, is trustworthy. He's for us. 
And there's nothing he hasn't seen. But he's not, he's not afraid of it. He's not afraid of us. He's not afraid of our messes. <laughs> so practically, intimacy, I, I, I love when people talk about intimacy with Jesus. I see value in sharing what that practically looks like because some people might not be there yet or might not be like, okay, great, intimacy with Jesus, what do I do? You know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I, I, I see the value in sharing practical examples when someone's up here teaching because I want to know practically what can I do. I know there's no formula, but if I'm just starting out, what can I try, you know? What steps can I make? And so I wanted to share with you just a couple things practically that what looks like in my life, just to be in relationship with Jesus, to be intimate with him. Like I said, it's just heart wide open. It's just sharing it. Like when things are coming up, I'm just like, Jesus, what do you think about this? What's, what I, or just telling him how I feel. I feel inadequate right now, God. Telling him, talking with him. What's relationship like with your husband? You spend time with them. You, or your spouse or your best friend, you, you share things with them that you don't share with anyone else, right? You let them in. Exchanging of affection, praising him, worshiping him, reading the word with him. Jesus, I'm, I just want to read today about you. I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to reveal what you want to reveal to me today about your heart. Things that jump off off the page, I'm like, oh, what's that? And a lot of times I don't get an answer, but he may answer like later on in the week or, you know, give like a revelation about something. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. He's sharing things with me. It's an exchange. Relationship is an exchange. Asking him questions, letting him expose things inside of me, giving him access. If there's anything, any lies I'm believing, please show me so that I can be healed and whole thinking about him, keeping him on the forefront of my mind throughout the day, even when if I'm just washing dishes or cleaning the house, you know? It's just like he's always on my mind. Not always, like 100%, but I'm just, you know, these are just practically what does that look like? What does relationship with him look like? I'm just sharing, sharing with you guys that. So I want to, before I end, I want to just, because I feel like this message is so much so about who we are, that God is for us, our identity is he's for us, I also believe that that has everything to do with who he is. Because it might be, if someone says, God loves me, God is for me, well, if my experience with love has been, someone told me they love me and they have abused me, they've manipulated me, they've hurt me, they've, I've had to jump through hoops to earn something from them, if that's my experience with love, not real love, love, then I may be timid in really letting the God of love in. Does that make sense? And so I just want to share with you that who he is is good. That's why I wanted to talk about his nature and his character. He's good and he's trustworthy. He is the purest form of love. It, sh it tells us in 1 Corinthians 13 what love is, right? That's something we can read every day and declare if we're having a hard time believing in who he really is. This is who God is. And so inviting Jesus to heal those places in us where we have been hurt so that we can 
fully know that he's good and he's love and he's trustworthy and we can let him in. Because I'm probably not going to want to let a God in who I'm like, think is withholding something from me or think is causing terrible things to happen to me or X, Y, and Z. Whatever experience, whatever life has shown you, sometimes we, like I was saying, we tend to measure who God is by what's happening in our life or what people have done to us. And that's just not true. So it's good to renew our mind with the truth of who he actually is. So I'm going to help you with that today. I'm going to read quickly read through some scriptures that portray the nature of God. There's so many. There's so many. Uh, one thing that I did that was really fun that could be a cool exercise is I just went through the Psalms one time. And everything that said, God, you are, I would highlight. You're my refuge. God's my refuge. And then you can take it a step further and look up the word refuge. What does that mean? God is my strength. God, you will never forsake me. I just went through and I, I highlighted everything that, you know, because David was a man after God's heart. And so I, I would just go through and, and, and highlight who God was described as in the Psalms. That was a cool thing, to uh, a little exercise to do. So the first scripture I want to give is John 12, 44. I'm not going to, like, read this. Read this. I've just got, got notes here because I want to get through this quickly so we have time. But... John 12, 44, Jesus tells the crowd who he is in his last public teaching at this moment. I have come as light to shine in this dark world. This is like the last thing he teaches the public. I'm a light. I've come as light to shine in the dark world. I'm light. So that all who trust me will no longer wander in darkness. That's my mission. That's why I'm here. I'm light. Light is good, right? John 1, 1. John tells us Jesus is the living expression of God, and he's life giver, not life take awayer. Life giver. <laughs> Luke 2.14, when Jesus entered the scene as a little baby boy, the angels announced him like this, peace and good hope given to the sons of men. When Jesus came, that's what, that's what heaven describes him as, right? Peace and good hope, not chaos and hopelessness. <laughs> He's the God of all hope. Uh, we sometimes say if, if, if we're not filled with hope, then we're probably believing a lie of who the God of all hope is because the God of all hope is the God of all hope. He's not the God of all hopelessness. So if we feel hopeless, then we're probably believing a lie about our situation. Maybe the lie is that he's, we don't think he's for us or we're not loved. I mean, it, it may not be so apparent. Maybe there's just hurt there that we didn't realize was there, or lies we don't realize is there. And Jesus can help us get healing from that. There's good news, right? There's always healing available. No matter what you're going through, there's always freedom available. There's no hopeless situation, guys. No hopeless situation. Because of Jesus. Aren't you thankful? Wow. There's no hopeless situation. Jesus showed us that when he came. So whatever you're going through, there's hope. James 1.17, every good gift from God is good and perfect. God only gives good gifts. I gotta tell you guys a funny story. So I was at this women's retreat a long time ago, probably like 
I don't even know, 10 years ago, nine years ago or something. And I, it was before I had, I had ne- I haven't been ba- hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I didn't have much experience with Holy Spirit or just like the gifts of the Spirit, anything like that. And I was, and a lot of the gifts were moving there, <laughs> and I was a little freaked out about it. You know, I knew it was. I trusted the ladies there. I knew them personally and everything, and I knew this stuff happened there. But I was just like, uh, I'm not really. I know if this is for me. I don't want to look stupid or whatever. <laughs> like I was just, I was young, and um, and. I'll never forget Carol, one of my spiritual mothers. She came up to me and she said, Nikki, every gift God has for you is good. You don't have to be afraid. And that was so profound to me. I was like, whoa, he only gives good gifts. He's not going to give me something that's bad or that's scary, right? Whoa. I know that it might be simple, but it was just, it really was. Sometimes the most simple revelations just move me the most. And that was one of them I'll never forget. Only God only gives good gifts. Um, 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is a light. Oh, I already read that one. No, I didn't. Wait, I don't know. Anyways, John says, (laughs) John says, God is pure light and you won't find any darkness in him. Jeremiah 29, 11, everyone's favorite. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's his will. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give life. I was getting something, but I don't think I'm not going to go there. That's another sermon. So I I, I want to close, and if you guys want to stand with me as we close, just feel like God is going to just pour out his love even more. You know, if, if you guys are in need of something today, if you're feeling hopeless about a situation, if you're needing to know that you're loved and really experience that you're loved and he's good and he's for you, I believe that's going to happen today. We're going to have people up here uh, later. But I just want you guys to pray with me. Um, would you, would you be willing to repeat after me? Jesus, if there are lies we are believing about who you are that contradict the nature of who you are, please show us. Thank you, God. We submit ourselves to the process of believing you're good and we're loved by you. I just believe that we're giving access to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, to our hearts and to exposing those lies if we're believing them. This week, I even believe that you guys, something's gonna pop in your head and you're, it's gonna be like, hey, that's not who I am. That's not who you are. And that's God, that's Jesus revealing to you who he actually is, his heart. And in those moments, you have the opportunity to say, okay, show me who you are. Tell me the truth, right? So be looking for those moments this week. But I want you guys, I really feel like there's people in the room who have disappointment that they're holding. Disappointment from situations, 
just not happening the way you thought or you expected or promises that haven't been fulfilled, words that have been spoken of your life that you haven't seen come to pass. And, and, and there's no condemnation in that. There's no shame in that. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus wants to do a heavenly exchange with you today. He wants to take that disappointment. He wants to give you his love. And so if you're willing to give him your disappointment today, can you just hold out your hands like this? I want you to imagine holding that thing that's disappointing. Imagine holding the disappointment, the hurt, the pain, the uncertainty, the fear, whatever it is. Imagine what it looks like in your hands, how heavy it is. Your unanswered questions might be there. What I want you to do is I want you to imagine Jesus standing in front of you and I want you to hand him that thing. Just hand it into him. See it just disappear into the body of Jesus. Like vapor in the wind. And I want you to see what he gives you in return. Hold out your hand because he's going to give you something in return to replace that thing. give us all the desires of our heart but what we really want to give us is your love <laughs> thank you God that you're trustworthy with our hearts when there's freedom available is resting upon us right now. Feel his peace. Yeah. Those of you who might be feeling tingling or heat or coolness or maybe you're not feeling anything, you just sense that he's here. Maybe you're seeing something you've never seen before. Jesus is here. He's revealing himself to us right now. Pay attention to what he's doing. Thank you, God. you that you're revealing your character to us right now, who you are. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jesus. If you guys are okay with hanging out for another 10 minutes or so, I'm going to do something. I'd like for my friends to come on up. We're going to just love on you today. Is that okay? Just love on you for a few minutes. Yeah? Yeah, come on up. I want to, yeah. Joe and Arelli, you want to come up? Yeah. Yeah, Owen, if you want to come on up, if you can. We're just going to, um, 
one way that I love, uh, can I have one of those too? <laughs> Thanks, Joe. One way that I, that I love, uh, that I believe that God likes to reveal his heart to us is through others who know him and love him. And so I just thought it would be fun today just to take a few minutes and just love on you guys and, and give you some words of encouragement. Is that okay? Yeah. So we're just going to pray for a couple minutes and ask Jesus what he wants to say, how he wants us to love on you, what he wants to say to you, what we see him doing in your life. We're going to take a couple minutes and do that, guys. And if you guys are getting anything, just let me know, and I'll hand you the mic. Is that okay? Yeah. These people are amazing. They love Jesus so much. They're on fire for God more than any people I've ever known in my life. And they love people really well. Thank you, Jesus. So I felt um, while Nikki was speaking... I felt like there were maybe some in here that don't know how to receive when she was talking about receiving. And you might know, you might be aware that you don't know how to receive because you're a doer and a giver. That would be me. <laughs> um, but I just felt like I was supposed to, that God wants me to tell you um, He's going to catapult you into receive mode. <laughs> you don't have to work at learning how to receive. God's just going to teach you. And he's got so many opportunities lined up for you in the near future for you to be able to do this. And I felt like he said, be aware. Position your hearts because he's pre preparing to pour out. I don't know your name. I'm sorry. The one in the black shirt? You. <laughs> yes. As I saw you sitting in a park, in a bench, in the park, and then I saw Jesus approaching you and just sit down beside you, and I heard, I, I sensed that he was saying no needs of words. So your intimacy, your relationship with Jesus it's so sweet that he just came over and sat by you and there was no need for words. It's like your hearts understand each other. So. I have this... Um for someone that feel that nobody look at you, that you always are on the back, but seem like nobody's being noticed of you, then you are here. I want to tell you today that God said, there might be no one sees you, but he said, I'm seeing you. You are my son, you're my daughter, and I'm saying today 
I'm claiming you back. I'm telling you that even though you are upset with me, he said, I'm not upset with you. He said that I love you, that I care for you, then I'm always with you. Then even before you move or go to another state, he said, I am with you before and I'm cleaning your way before you get there. If you feel that you don't have no money today, he said, I am your treasure. And that what you have in your heart today, that it is the most beautiful thing that you have. And there will be people around you that will love you. Then people will pour money over you because the money is nothing what you need. He said, it's my heart. My heart, my heart, my heart is all what you need. Then the money is a money of a need to pay bills. But he said that all the things you need is my love. And I love you. I love you. I love you. And I say, open your ears right now. Open your ears right now. I love you. I love you. I love you. You are my possession. <laughs> you and I have history. That's what he's saying today. You and I have history. <laughs> I'm calling you out for you to be in front. Because what you have to say is it is important. It is important. The God of all hope is in your heart. It is in your mind. It is in your whole being. <laughs> yes. This year will be a year of freedom for you to speak, to get close to people. No more fear because you have perfect love. <laughs> you have perfect love. <laughs> the Jesus of all, all, all hope and love is in you. Yes, the Redeemer is in you. <laughs> you will be a surprise even today getting out from this building. So many surprises will be given to you. People will love on you today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. <laughs> you're feeling the love right now. You're feeling, you're feeling the love right now. It's coming upon you right now. <laughs> it's present. It's so strong, and you start feeling, you start feeling that in your, in your fingers. You start. It is Him touching you. So, I don't know your name, the woman with the striped whites. Sarah, hi, Sarah. <clears throat> My name's Rich. So, um, even before Riley started talking, I, I felt like I just had a word for you. And, and the word was that, um, that perhaps uh, you've had some disappointment in the past <clears throat> that has... Um, cause you to, to really wonder whether, you know, God is, is, is there for you, is really going to be behind you. And I just saw this, like, this, the, the love of Jesus covering you with, with the sweetness that you are, that you have this sweetness around you that is, that is, that is just infectious to others. And that sweetness is, he just looks at you and says, you know, this is my sweet girl, and I love this sweet girl. And, and he hears you, he sees you know, the things you've been through, and he has taken those things, and he's, like, wrapped them up in, in a little ball. He's, like, thrown them away and said, these are not for you anymore. But he's going to give you, like, the desires of your heart. And so, <clears throat> um, 
you know, just go with the God's peace with, with that, okay? Also, I have a word for you, for Nick and, um, and Sarah. Um, I see like a, uh, like almost like a banner over you guys. It's called the lifting. And I see a clearing. Like, there, like there's been a lot of clouds and stuff over you. And I see clearings like a beautiful spring day. And I also feel like God's asking you, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to do today? And any place that you mention is good with him because he is with you. and He just wants to spend that time with you. had a word for you right here in the second row. What was your name? Sandra. I, I felt like God said he has a fresh start. I don't know what that means, but I just believe that he wanted you to know that you don't have to do this alone. And that if there was any thoughts or fears that you didn't know what how to start this fresh start, whatever it is, and you don't have to do it alone. He's going to send people to you to be in relationship with you, to love you, to help you. And um, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I also feel like there's an encourager angel that's with you. God has sent an angel of encouragement. Like even when you're in your house and, and, and lies or thoughts that aren't true come about you or your past or just like accusing voices, the accuser is the devil anything that sounds like accusing is him and so Jesus has sent you an angel of encouragement to kind of be like nope that's not true that's not true about you that's not who you are anymore don't listen to that voice you're amazing I love you things like that and to help you to kind of renew your mind on this journey yeah Jesus loves you so much Jesus loves you so much Thank you, God, for Sandra. Thank you for her life, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I just feel like he, he wanted me to remind you that he's been there every step of the way since you were a little girl. Like, I even see you as, like, a little girl, like, maybe, like, seven years old, and you're, you're like, questioning God even then like well if you're good if you're real then why and I feel like I kind of see him like what the story I was telling you just I love you so much like this wasn't my design for you and I'm not okay with it but I want you to know that I love you and so I just see him like through just different points in your life as a teenager just there I love you. You're so good. You're my girl, you know? And then even now, and so I just want to encourage you with that. You're so loved, and you're so worthy of his love. Kaya. I, uh... <laughs> my quiet voice. Um... Hi, it's Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, I just felt like Jesus wanted to remind you 
the unique thing that you have inside of you that the passion and the that it needs to be heard um, I feel like I was just reminded of kind of what I um, shared with you when was it when we had that um, the volunteer dinner yeah there's so many things placed inside of you that God has given you that I felt like he just wanted to remind you that that it needs to be heard and it's important and um, that he loves you and that you're seen um, yeah and what you what you have to what you have for the world is necessary and it needs to be heard I hope that's encouraging okay we're just going to do this for about two more minutes so does anyone have anything okay Uh, so Tia, <laughs> I kept I kept seeing um, these blue waters that kept flowing over you, and uh, I, you know was asking the Lord, what what is that about? And <clears throat> I think it was about um, the cleansing waters and the living waters of Christ flowing over you and around you and through you, and that I even saw you baptizing uh, children and and other people that you. We're doing a ministry of baptism. Just okay. So anyway, um, so uh, and I just I, I think I really what I was seeing was that God was using the cleansing waters of baptism and the cleansing waters of His living waters to give not only you strength but to those around you. The atmosphere around you was was being being infused with the strength of water baptism and water cleansing and water power. Okay, I don't know who you are, but I get a sense of feeling an extremely heavy heart, really let down. You almost feel like there's no love left, or you're not you're not receiving love or giving love. And um, God wants you to know that it's like the mo the burning bush with Moses, but you're the burning bush. And I see, and all these little fires are popping off. It's almost like comical. It's cartoonish. And, um, and all these little fires are popping off and they got these little bitty fire legs and they're running around and then they're starting a fire over there and they're starting a fire over there and they're starting a fire over there. So he's saying, don't give up hope. I am hope. You are a fire starter. You are a fire starter and I'm going to work with you to get there. That word, I don't know if you have a specific someone, Anna, but uh, I feel like that word was a specific for the blue um, shirt. What she said is, I feel like God is seeing you as a the snow, like being Moses in front of the burning bush, but you are the bush. And God is saying that then this year is like igniting hope. It's coming to explode your heart. And and I see like uh, Romans 15, 13, he is your hope. Then you think that things are done in your life. No, you're too young for that. <laughs> yes, it's just the beginning of this year. Um, 
sometimes we think a girl can be, it's, it's like the ending of our life, or a boy. No, it is not true, because God is the one, the beginning, and the end of all. And he always will provide and bring the person. And even then, you don't feel like it, and, and, and things are not looking at how everything that you wanted, God said he will make it to be in the way and how you want it, because he wants you to honor and respect and love what he's given to you. And something happened in the middle. He said, it's not done yet. He is for you. And he said, and I see your tears. I see you when you're when you are in the morning at three in the morning at two, 12, and there is no time. He said, I want to give you a sleep, but then I will wake you up in a time just to have a moment with him. No, because you are, he said, he said, you're my children. You are my son. He said, a son doesn't beg a daddy. Daddy want to give everything to his kid. He said, I want to give you my heart. I want to give you. I want to know and I want to tell you that he is your daddy, that he loves you. He loves you. He will make things clear and fine with your own father. Misunderstanding of so misunderstood happened so many, many years. He will give you the picture of who your real daddy is as heaven and on earth. And then you will find a way because you are being called to go to the nations. You will be here in this area and you will find the nations because your heart is being melted when you see people. You love people. You like people. <laughs> He's the answer. Jesus. And you got it. You have it. God bless you so much. Up, but um, if you if you want a prophetic word and you didn't receive one, or if you want another prophetic word, we're gonna be up here for a few more minutes, and um, just come and get your word. You know, ultimately, God is the one we get prophetic words from, so we could just ask Him for a prophetic word for ourselves. But it's also fun and enjoyable to to just be in a relationship with one another and get encouraged by one another. So I want to encourage you that if you're thinking, oh man, I didn't get a word, I want to get a word, just come on up, okay? We're going to be up here for a few more minutes, but we want to let the kids out and we want to let the nursery workers come too. So you guys have a blessed evening. We love you so much. Even if we don't know you, we want to get to know you. So uh, yeah, just have a great week, okay? Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.